Aloha, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am super excited. I have a super woman on today. Please give a warm welcome to Eileen Prack. Hi, Eileen. Hey, Philly. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So Eileen is the co-founder of Bonavest Capital, where they focus on generating passive income through real estate syndications. She's on the path to creating time freedom for her family and two young children and believes real estate is the best vehicle that can help her and others achieve this dream. Eileen received her MBA from Northeastern University and has a background in finance in the aerospace industry. Whoa. She is also the host of the five day per week real estate podcast, How Did They Do It? Real Estate. Welcome, Eileen. Thanks, Philly. So let's let's jump in. You said you're on the path to creating time freedom for your family. Why real estate? Yeah. So why real estate? Because one, it's something that we can see, we can touch. I like to invest in things where I have a little bit of control over what's going on. I can see it. I can touch it. It's backed by something tangible. Um, you know, a lot of people are invested in stocks and, you know, the typical, um, you know, stocks and bonds and Bitcoin. And mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's great too for investing, but me personally, I just can't wrap my hands around it. Um, and so I, you know, my husband does a little bit of on the side as well, but I'm like, you know, don't tell me anything about it. It's, it's just in the bank, you know, like whatever happens ups and downs, you know, I can't see it. It stresses me out. Um, but with real estate, what I found I love is that, you know, especially with multifamily, we can create the forced appreciation. We can have control over how much value we create in it. And that's something I really like, um, which is what has really drawn me to real estate. Let's give my audience, especially some of my newer real estate investors in my audience, sort of a crash course into large multifamily. Um, I hear what you're saying about your other pillars and I was just talking about this too, your other pillars of wealth and crypto and stocks and all, all of that like kind of non-tangibles should be a part of your portfolio if you can afford to lose that money. I understand any investment comes with a sense of responsibility, a sense of, um, well, it's an investment, so you might lose it all. You never know. But the thing is, like you said, real estate is tangible. You can actually go there. You can touch it. You can see the doors. You can personally know how you're going to add value and underwrite correctly. So with large multifamily, for anyone who is thinking about getting into large multifamily, you mentioned the kind of things like appreciation and, and such. What are some key things that an investor needs to know, whether or not they're coming on the passive or active side, that they need to know before they jump in? With multifamily? With multifamily. Yes. So with the passive side of things, you know, you can really just jump on and become a passive investor, which is something that me and my husband started off as well. You're really just partnering with the sponsors on the deal who are, you know, responsible for all the active daily types of um uh, daily types of activities going on. So they're working with the property managers. Um, they're working, you know, to acquire the loans. They're doing the day-to-day -day and really making sure that the business plan is implemented correctly. And as a passive investor, you're just partnering with them um, and really just being an equity partner where you're just providing the investment, but at the same time, you're able to, um, you know, participate with the cash flow and any upside later on down the road um, in the sales aspect of it. Um, so really it's... Hmm? 
I was going to say before you hop into the passive investing or the the active investing side, a lot of my listeners are passive investors. How do you vet an active investor sponsor correctly? I would say (laughs) us personally, we found that it's really important to vet the sponsor themselves before you look at any deals that are presented. Um, When we started off with multifamily syndications, it was a brand new concept for us. So we really wanted to partner with someone who was really knowledgeable in the space, who had a really great background track record, who also had their goals aligned with our goals. Um, Because when you're going in as a passive investor, you're really you know, partnering with these people for, you know, five, seven plus years, depending on the business model. So before you get into these types of long-term relationships, we want to make sure that we're doing really good due diligence. We're dating them very well, you know, and really understanding whether or not it's a good partnership to get into. Because once you're in, it's very difficult to get out if you're not happy with the investment with the sponsor themselves. But if you're able to do your due diligence on the sponsor themselves, really, really follow up and do your due diligence on their business plans, on who they are, their background, what kind of, um, you know, experiences do they have? And then really just understanding that piece of it, you'll really save yourself a headache down the road. Um, so you guys won't break up, um, at least end on a happy note. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I love it when relationships like that end on happy notes, because that's where we want to go. So, and talking about passive investing a little bit more, the thing is as a passive investor, I know you, I think, I think we lie to our passive investors kind of when we talk, tell them the word passive, like it's, there's really nothing. Yes. You don't have to be in the day-to-day. You don't have to worry about the day-to-day, but you kind of do, you need to keep up with the investment. You need to make sure that your, that your active investor, that your sponsor is communicating with you. So thank you for for expanding on how a passive investor should vet an active one or a sponsor of a deal. Now, to give us a little bit more information, especially for my newer investors, as you actually, I have a good good question for you. You started off as a passive investor. What made you take the jump into active investing? It really became, it, it evolved organically. (laughs) Um, So really when we got started, it was really just trying to understand the space, first of all, understand the concept, how it works, um, how do experienced operators um, operate in this space? um, What kind of communications do, um, are they uh, sending out to their investors? And really just understanding ourselves as an investor first, because I think that that's really important is really truly understanding what you yourself likes as an investor. What are some things that you're looking for? Because later on, if you decide to go from to an active side of things, you at least understand from an investor standpoint, what are they looking for? What's the most important things to them? Um, and so I think for us, it gave us a really good background um, in terms of, you know, from the investor's mindset, you know, what are some of the things that are important to them so that we can also, you know, portray that to our investors now. And then, um, you know, for us, really, it's, over time, as we started meeting, meeting more and more people, we really love this space. We really love the people that we were meeting, you know, this open mindset concept that everybody in this space has. Um, everybody's so willing to share with every, um, with all their different knowledges that they have. They just want everybody to, you know, um, excel in this space. So there's a lot of knowledge sharing. Um, the community is really amazing. And so for us, we just started getting more and more drawn into the community itself and for the actual concept of it. Um, and we found that to be a 
really great space to, um, you know, build long-term wealth for ourselves and also share it with the people that um, are around us as well. Um, and so that's kind of how it organically happened that we got into the active side. I love it. And I completely agree. Not that flipping and wholesaling or any other business in general is worse or any less than, but once my husband and I jumped into large multifamily, we found the same thing. Anytime I had questions, anytime I felt like I wasn't enough or any time that I needed an answer for like just, just a random thing, I could put it out there into like the universe of large multifamily. And so many people were there with their hands out and to give me a hand up and to let me know how to move forward. This community that we are a part of is incredible. And I'm super, super happy that you are part of it as well. So for any of my listeners that might be at that space where they're like, okay, I am either in flipping and wholesaling and I'm looking to scale up or I'm a passive investor and I'm looking to scale up as well, but I'm a little afraid because now I'm active. Now I become responsible. Now I become a fiduciary for others' funds. What can you say to them to take those next steps, to take those next steps with, with the power that they need to do so. So I would first say, you know, really look at yourself first and evaluate what kind of you know, investor are you yourself and really understanding that piece of it because to the core, who's going to be the most responsible for your money? It's going to be your, for yourself. And if you're able to, you know, take on and to, you know, treat other people who are trusting their hard earned money with, um, with you, and then you're able to treat them with the same respect that you're going to hold with your own money. Um, then I would say, you know, really understanding that piece of it first, because it is, like you said, it is a big responsibility. You want to do what's best for them. Um, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, how can I make the most money the fastest? Because in this real estate space, if you're looking to be greedy, if you're looking to just make a short buck, like really quickly, you're not going to get very far. And it's all based off of relationships. So you're trying to build long-term relationships with people. So you're trying to, what you're wanting to do is understanding where the investors are coming from, whether or not it's a good fit for them. And it's a good fit for yourself as well. And really just truly understanding the investors themselves and understanding yourself and where you're planning to go, what your goals and aspirations are, and do they match with the people that you're wanting to support, you're wanting to help and share this with. I love it. You've basically just explained all the key points of a correct way to raise capital. I don't believe in the term raising capitals. I put capital. I believe in the term of providing opportunity. And that's how you provide opportunity. Eileen, you gave us basically all the points needed to do that. And I get this question a lot, like, how do you do that? How, how do you become a fiduciary for people? How, how are you able to like, feel good about your investments and dot, dot, dot. But we both know that the investments we get into are vetted. We know they work. And we understand the terms that we're getting into and the relationship. That's a key word you just said. The relationships that you have created will turn into those partnerships. But you listen, Eileen, you actually listen to your investors and you know whether or not your investment, what you have to offer them is good for them. Yep, I would totally agree. <laughs> so moving forward, what... What markets are you in and how do you look at deals? 
Like what kind of deals are you looking for? So the current markets that we are in, we've invested, you know, both passively and then like active space. So we've been in markets such as like Las Vegas and the Carolinas and also in Texas and Florida. So we like all those like Sunbelt states, places where they are growing. We see a lot of population. We see a diversity in job and jobs. Um, you know, people are moving to those cities. Um, so there's a lot of stability in those places. We like to see growing markets. Um, so we're not really bound to one specific area, but we're really looking at the markets as a whole and if it's sustainable so that we can minimize our risks. Um, we like to diversify across different markets as well, um, you know, so that not all of our investments are in one area so that we can balance things out. Um, but those are just kind of the things that we look for when we get into different markets. Um, but those are the ones that we primarily focus on so far. So if, okay, I, I am a passive investor who is having a phone call with you right now. What are some of the things that you would tell me that highlights you? And I don't want to say over other investors in the space, but what are some of the best things about you that you could provide to me, someone who is looking to invest an X amount of dollars in any of the markets that you just mentioned? What would you tell me? Yeah. So, you know, deals and the different uh, opportunities that are available, they're all very similar when you look at them from one to the other. The returns, they're very similar. You know, maybe some of them may be performing a little bit better than the others, or maybe they have a little bit of a, you know, higher preferred return or they're, um, the, the, the business plan is, you know, you're maybe holding it three years instead of five years. But in essence, the plans are very similar overall, but it's really who you're, who you're wanting to invest with. It's the sponsor themselves. So, you know, my personality and my goals and aspirations may not be the same for you as the investor as well. So let's have this conversation and then really understand where we're coming from and whether or not our goals are aligned because, you know, my investing strategy might not be, might not look the same as your investing strategy. But what I what I like to do is at least, you know, I like to have the transparency. I like to have the open communication, um, you know, be available whenever I needed, um, have those conversations and really just walk through step-by-step step to the investors um, through the entire process. So it's the relationship that we're trying to build, not necessarily, you know, the deals because the deals are far and near. You can take a look at any of them, but it's really whether or not you and I, as an investor, we, we match and if, whether or not we want to continue to quote unquote date each other. <laughs> I love the fact that we have that connection between actual relationships and the relationship that you have with your investor, because it's basically the same. It's a relationship. It's a friendship. It's a business partnership. I believe that, I mean, that's why you call them limited partners. They're still your partners. And those the general partners and the sponsors are still your partners and they should treat you as such. So let's take a little, uh, a little detour <clears throat> to your podcast. I'm super excited that you have your real estate podcast called How Did They Do It? Real Estate. So tell me a little bit about your, the title of your podcast and what do you talk about on it? So it's very similar to what we're talking about here. You know, the reason why we wanted to start the podcast was because as we were building up our own education space, because for us, you know, it's really setting that foundation for ourselves is really, you know, making sure that we're doing all we can to get educated, creating a strong concrete foundation before we start building. So as we were having these conversations with other people, 
we realized like, Hey, why not share it with other people? Because, you know, when we first got started with our journey, podcasting was one of the biggest, I guess, resources that we had utilized to build up our education, our knowledge base. So we really love this platform. And so as we were having conversations, it just kind of like the light bulb clicked, like, Hey, it makes sense because we're having these conversations anyway. We learn from podcasts. Why not share what we're learning with other people as well as we're, as we're meeting people um, in this space. And so you know, as we were coming up with the title, the main questions that we had as we were interviewing them is how did they do it? And so <laughs> that's just kind of how it came up. We, my, my husband came, a list of, came up with a list of a couple of different names, but that one really stood out because that was the main question we wanted to ask the guests is how did you do it? How did you build up your business? How did you, you know, change your mindset to be able to scale to a certain, you know, to a certain degree? Um, how did you manage your time? How did you manage your family? Um, you know, how did you build up that time freedom for yourself? And so we really want to explore the journey with the guests that we have on the show from, you know, how they got started to where they are right now, how they built it up. Um, what are some of the challenges that they had faced throughout their entire journey? That is an amazing premise for a real estate podcast. I wish I had thought of it. <laughs> it's the question that we always ask, like, how did you do what you do? How do you do that form of real estate? How did you get to where you're at? So that is ingenious. If any of my listeners want to take a listen at, of, on your podcast or listen to your podcast, rather, where can they find it? Yeah, they can listen to on any of the major platforms, you know, Apple, um, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Spotify. Um, so you can just search our podcast title. How did they do at real estate? And then um, we should be able to, you should be able to find us. Fantastic. And if they want to uh, connect with you personally, how do they go about doing that? Absolutely. Um, they can always email me at my email. It's Eileen, A-I-L-E-E-N at bonavestcapital.com. And I'm always happy to chat with other people who have questions or if I can be a resource in any way. Fantastic. So before I let you go, what are some key things that you want to leave my listeners with, whether it is something that you live by, your motto, or just some key steps that they need to take in their real estate journey? Really trust in yourself and your gut because who better to, you know, be the fiduciaries of your own money than yourself, you know, and who you want to invest with, um, whether or not be on the active side or the passive side, but really, you know, trust yourself. And if you're getting these red flags, don't be afraid to walk away from bad deals. Um, you know, some of the best things that we've done have been walking away from certain deals and, you know, because it doesn't fit our model or we've done our due diligence and it doesn't match what we're looking into because we're getting some, you know, certain questions that we can't really fully answer. And there's always going to be another deal around the corner, but so don't be afraid to just walk away if, you know, you are not 100% confident. I think your microphone is muted again. <laughs> I love it. Trust your gut. Don't be afraid to walk away and simply take the action steps. And this is coming from me. Simply take the action steps needed to get you where you need to be. And I have a feeling listening to Eileen's podcast, how did they do it? Real estate will be the next step in your journey. So Eileen, thank you so very much for coming on. I am so grateful to you. Thank you so much for having me, Peely. And to everyone else, to all of my listeners, you are amazing. Know that I am so grateful to you. Thank you for being here. And if you love what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean the world to me. 
So much aloha, so much peace, so much love. Talk to you later. Bye now.